Hello, this is the Smiling Conscious Traveler podcast. I am Otmar Braunika from Austria and my guest today is Owen Fox from Ireland. Welcome, Owen. Owen is a unique Thank human. Thank you very much, um, Otmar Braunika. Happy to be here. Thank you for asking to join you all. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. I appreciate that you came onto my podcast and that you were spontaneous to do that with me. So ah, yeah, 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 it's fantastic. I'm really happy to be here in all honesty and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to connecting with you more personally and also all of your viewers. So yeah. thanks to the universe, you know, good thanks to be alive. To the universe. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so yeah, let me introduce you with your own words. Owen is a unique human and divine being just like you. His passion and purpose is to live a life innate of innate freedom, which he says is our natural right, and life of holistic well-being and high frequency, getting and making the most out of life, living from his authentic self and heart, and helping others to do the same. This involves healing, empowerment, self-love and self-care, reprogramming and seeing, living the truth, letting go of, of what limits and blocks us, especially our perception, beliefs, unhealthy, holistic habits and choices, and learning to connect more with nature and our true divine self and intuition. I skipped a little bit of the rest of the introduction because it's really, really long, but we might get into the details during the That's interview. That's okay. So welcome again. I'm really enjoying that. So, mm -hmm. awesome. um, yeah, that is the first question. How do you live in freedom, especially in those times? In, in, in these times that, that exist at the moment? Yeah. And, and in general, well, how, how do you manage to live in freedom? Yeah. Tough question. It's a good question. I like that you're picking something that I wrote because I find it fun to pick and investigate and uh, open our minds to more. Um, well, when I wrote that originally this morning, um, what, I'm, what I meant when I wrote it was to live in freedom. Is It's more like a, a state of like... Um, feeling free in the flow to be in the flow to be to be allowed to be who you are to choose and to allow yourself to be who we are you know how we feel to to to, to be authentic and mm. um, because if you're if you're all if you're living in fear and afraid of like how other people perceive you if, you, if you're afraid to um blow your nose in public or if you're afraid to um show yourself to show your true colors or if if you're afraid to like wear your heart on your sleeve and to be honest or vulnerable or um, that all that bond bonds us like in bondage, we're shackled or we're limited or we're scrunched up. Whereas being to live in freedom is like expanded and open and like luminous and bright, like the sun or like something big and beautiful. Cause like we are, or our higher self is, but we are too. We are big and beautiful. So yeah, um, all these thoughts, and programming and traumas and fears definitely shackle us or bond us whereas healing and learning and unprogramming like I said and realizing our, our limited beliefs and thoughts perceptions and interpretations of, of any situation or moment 
yeah, that's how I feel we live in freedom. And it's, it's really related to emotional freedom. Mm. Um, feel good emotionally. Yeah. And we feel, yeah, you feel good. And that's why I said originally a few minutes ago, like in the flow. Because when you feel free and light and, and allowed and able, then we're able to go with the flow emotionally and express and, and feel and to, be, to, to feel our emotion and to act and speak with our emotion, with, with love and integrity. Um, loving our own emotion and accepting our own emotion, that's part of living in freedom. Because mm-hmm. if we judge ourselves for not being good enough or for being bad for having an, a certain emotion, or if we, if we judge ourselves to be wrong for having an emotion, then we're, again, we're bonded or shackled instead of living free and open like, like a wave, like free and big and open in the ocean. Like, so we're either the yeah. wave like flowing or we're the person surfing the wave with a sense of harmony and balance um, instead of the wave just crashing and us falling in the sea, kind of when we judge and live in, live in all these limitations. Yeah, that's, so that's yeah. There's a lot, lot of things in there, and what I, I, I perceive too to be, to to be the recipe for freedom, like you say it, unprogramming or some. Uh, I think you also called it reprogramming, but I call it like live as if you don't know. Mm just yeah forget that you oh, know it good. already that that you know already how life works just yeah, figure nice. it out like every that. day as if it's a new life yeah that, that's lovely yeah that's beautiful i like that yeah that's that's i like that too <laughs> um yeah very i i just want to show my beautiful son here because our listeners and viewers might wonder who is <laughs> making noises here beside <laughs> but i i decided i i decided to to show to the world that that i have a son i have a family and even if i'm recording a podcast it's part of my life it was That's actually nice also recommendation from my mentor he said why don't you show that you are a father with two kids yeah. and they are part of your life um, okay. yeah. yeah happy to so, hear that Omar. <laughs> i <laughs> think you. it's i think it's sweet and beautiful it connects you with with your viewers and it shows that you're a real man a real person mm. and you have you have you have children and it's in, it's a sense of intimacy and connection and authenticity and that's what it's about really isn't it yeah definitely and i think nowadays i mean i'm i'm working actually at the tv station and when i see all these tv programs and these shows and whatever it's everything it has to be clean no interruptions no no real life and But I think that's what people want to see nowadays. Actually, I got this feedback. Before I started my podcast, I asked my potential audience, what do you want to see? What do you want to hear? And most Mm. of it, what came up was authentic, real people, real life, real conversations. There you go. That's what I'm giving my audience. That's my real life. There is nothing else what I can show you. That's my life. Well, that, that means a lot to me. And I'm very glad you're doing that, Otmar, and interviewing guests and just being yourself 
and the yeah. entire process. And what I'm enjoying too, and I'm saying that almost in every episode is I love to connect with people and I'm learning so much about those people whom I thought I knew them. I learn even more about them and about <laughs> their life, about their past, about what is their passion. And yeah, I'm willing to learn from you today. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm happy to be here. And yeah, we did, we did meet before. So you get to know each other. We get to know me more and I'll get to know you more. <laughs> yeah. Let's continue with that. How we met. Uh, I was on a trip to Las Vegas in 2014 and I decided on the way back I don't want to go home to Austria. Mm. I want to stay in Ireland. And maybe you don't even know the whole story. But no, not at all. I'm telling you. Uh, I decided to stay in Ireland because I had quite a lot of troubles in Austria, especially with debts, and I didn't want to go back to my old life. Mm. And I didn't have much money when when I landed in Dublin airport. I was just a couple of euros in my pocket. So I called my dad and I asked him and he said, oh, this doesn't sound good when you're calling. This means trouble. And he forwarded me to his girlfriend and she said, okay, he, Otmar, you have, I, I will send you 100 euros, but that's it. The rest is up to you. And I said to myself, okay, I want to stay here. If 100 euros, I can survive for a couple of days, maybe a week or two. But I have to figure that out how it goes on from this point. And I went to a hostel and from there I did my research and I found a vegan community. <laughs> my, our, my, our friend Minda. Our mutual friend Minda was leading this. Yeah. <laughs> and he posted somewhere in some kind of forum that he had as a place where I could stay, but there is a condition that I have to, um, yeah, I should live with them the vegan lifestyle. <laughs> and I said, okay, that is interesting. I never did this before. Let's try it. <laughs> it was definitely a challenge in the beginning, but yeah, that's how we actually met because mm. you are living this vegan lifestyle for quite a while too already. And I yeah. think that's how you, so you somehow met Minda too, that you had yeah. some ideas about, yeah. We were going to a raw food um, potluck, a, a raw food monthly meeting, and he offered kindly to give me a lift. And I didn't, I was a stranger at that time. So, mm. um, Minda uh, yeah. is really a genuine person, too. I mean, I'm so, I'm so glad that I met him. He, uh, me too. As far as I know, he's in Costa Rica now, not so. He, um, actually, he, funnily enough, he just messaged me a messenger before this call, like five minutes before we. We, we we started this call and so I just asked him which country he's in but yeah usually he lives in a vegan community in Costa Rica mm. and he works elsewhere and Alex from from Ukraine is there yeah yeah, yeah yeah because I see yeah. them all the time together on the pictures when I look on Facebook that's why I was asking anyway these are our mutual friends and this is how how we met actually through this vegan lifestyle I would say and I learned it at this time what it means. And in the beginning, it was a real big challenge for me to give up 
certain mm. kinds of foods what I thought I need in my life. And I admit honestly, I'm back to this old life. I'm back to this old way of eating. And I admit too that it's not always so beneficial to my health. I feel it definitely that it's depleting my energy. Ah, okay. And yeah, maybe that that would be a good um, point to continue talking about your vegan diet. Yeah. How did Still you actually? How, how did you actually got onto this train or into this journey? Yeah. Um... Well, to be honest, like uh, I still am eating a vegan diet and it's been 14 years now. Like the years just crept in. Like I wasn't paying any attention until it was like 12, 12, 13 years. Like, wow, 12, 13 years. Wow, that's mad. <laughs> Where did I... mm. But now I heard that I just, to be honest, like I used to eat meat twice a day and even up to the age, of, I think it was 23, 24, maybe 24. Um, and I just, I never heard of vegetarianism. I never heard of a vegetarian person or a friend or a magazine. Mm. And I ate meat twice a day. Like, like I said, like I pretty much, I was pretty decent, pretty ate a lot, you know? Um, so then one day after my first girlfriend, myself, like broke up, it was a while later. I was just living in the same house, house sharing at the time. One day I was on the internet and I just somehow just saw videos of factory farming and it just, just horrified me and saddened me so much. Like I was crying a lot and I just watched, a few hours because I just thought this is like feels so bad to see all this stuff but even at that age I just thought like I still want to see it instead of pretending or hiding that it's not there or in existence so I thought I'd like learn a bit more so I watched another like hour or more I can't I don't know an hour or two more and I just like felt extremely sad and upset and like cried like I said and the next mm -hmm. day um, I had some meat in the fridge actually it's funny because that January it was in January and then <laughs> I had like I've been I've been practicing um, a cookbook which included meat and stuff. So I had recipes and I had some things in the fridge. So I had some meat in the fridge, and I was wondering like should I throw it away, should I eat it, or should I cook it for my mum because she's visiting the next day. <laughs> so I was going through an ethical dilemma. I was like trying to ponder in my head. So in the end, I, I can't remember what I did. I think I may have cooked it for my mum or I may have thrown it out. I can't remember which one, but I didn't eat it personally. And since then. Yeah, then I, I, wasn't, I was almost fully vegan from day one. Every, every Sunday at the farmer's market, I'd buy two organic yogurts that were cow milk. Hmm. But then after three months, I gave those two yogurts up and I switched to just simply all raw food vegan diet, which meant that I wasn't cooking anything. So it's more okay. of a yeah, different frequency diet. Um, so that, yeah, that was pretty cool, but pretty challenging. It was very hard to give up cooked food and hard to... It was okay staying on it once I created a habit. But yeah, personally, I find cooked food to be like very difficult to give up for for, for a lot of people, um, including my friend who who, and I have a lot of friends who are interested in raw food, of course. But at the moment, I'm I'm just eating like basically all raw at the moment. Um, for the last few days, and I I go here and there like week or a few weeks or a few days all raw, mm. and then then I often get lured back into the smells of cooked food. But um, I definitely feel my best all like very high raw or all raw. Um. I know it's a different story, but yeah, 14 years on, like I did break vegan, like I, I basically, I haven't been this extremely strict, like vegan um, for all the time. Like for, I did have a few like lasagnas or I had moments of sort of forgetfulness or stress and I just, just emotionally ate or I just had, I don't know, but I'm not really like that anymore. Like I'm much, I'm far more in tune now with, with the animals 
animals and nature and and my own very crystal clear standards of my own bond and connection with animals so these days there isn't really an exception even if i'm sad or stressed or having a relationship issue or nothing like that or just feeling really tired and not physically Mm. on the rare occasion i would like i could or would on the rare occasion like break it few and far between but i don't really do it anymore you know yeah so i'm not perfect i'm not pretending to be and i'm just being authentic like uh, yeah i i would describe it this way we are still here human beings living the human experience <laughs> we are yeah we are we are unlimited infinite beings how my mentor would describe it and i add to this like yeah living the human experience <laughs> absolutely yeah, um, like, um, veganism isn't who I am, I also want to say, because, like, sometimes I want to remember people are listening to me, like, um, it's not my label, it's not my identity, it's not who I am. I don't have to defend anything or live up to anything. I'll, I'll break, I'll choose what I want to do in life, and I'll live up to my own um, my own um, in- integrity or standards or ethics or beliefs. And I just want to try to do my best to live up to my definition of my own integrity and standards and beliefs, et cetera. Mm. And basically speaking just to like, if I was listening or if I was younger, like what I like to hear and what I like to share is like veganism isn't a label. It's more like a diet and potentially a lifestyle to a degree. Mm. It's for me, it's, it's energy. It's the energy I consume and raw food is a higher energy than, than cooked food. And typically by a long shot, typically, okay some raw foods aren't as high as great or high vibrational or, or health inducing as as maybe a bit of like cooked soup for example but um for the, for the most part it's all about energy frequency and vibration and then mm. um, my own standards and my motto is to treat others like i'd like to be treated and to do unto others like i'd like to have done unto me um i also feel very strongly that animals have very strong feelings, very similar to humans, like emotions and physical mm. pain or pleasure or happiness, peace receptors and disturbance of peace receptors, like stress receptors. And mm. I think we all know this for any of us who have a pet or who works or live or is in close contact with animals. So like my main passion is about spirituality and personal ev- evolution and growth and, and development at emotionally, mentally, spiritually. But veganism just happens to fall under the umbrella of some of my biggest um, standards or ethical beliefs. Yeah. So I, in the same way, like I love people, I care for people, I care for their feelings, I want to nurture and protect like my standards of what love is. I'm writing a book on this, I'm writing a few books, but yeah. what is love? It's not, a, it's not just a word, four letters, it means something. What am, it's not just something you say, it's something you show or do. Um, and what is love? Like love for me, and this is how I try and treat insects, plants if possible for sure, and, and animals, and definitely humans, undoubtedly humans also, which is to protect. If you love your mother or you love your child, would you protect them or let them be hurt? So, so, so would, you, would you nurture them? Would you build them up? Like would you empower them? So that's mm. what I try and do to everything and everyone in life without being an interferer or like, or going places where I'm not welcome, but just generally speaking, I try and love, protect, nurture, care, build, empower, keep safe, uh, physically, mental, emotional nurturance. Um, 
a whole lot of these qualities just simply happen to fall into the idea of veganism. It's just that it happens mm. to be aimed at animals. But I like the res- respect and honor are very powerful big words for me too, and treating others with dignity. And a whole lot of the stuff that happens in the, in the, in the non-vegan industry requ- involves direct, basically direct violations of this this code of conduct mm-hmm. like there's the in the dairy industry like you know the, the the babies are taken away from the mothers and there's a lot of crying and sadness and wailing and shrieking and running after mm-hmm. each other and all this. and then often like they're just overly impregnated and milked extensively year in year out even if it's grass-fed similar things happen it's just to a lesser brutal extent still there may not be as much separation or as much growth like grotesque killing but there is, there is a degree of separation. And then, then the baby boys are typically unwanted in dairy farms. That's why when we drive by and we see a field of cows, they're all young females. They're girls. Or they could be a bit adolescents. Yeah. But like feasting animals, we aren't seeing a natural community of like boys and girls, mothers and fathers, grandparents, grandchildren. It's just a whole lot of like young enough women, it be the mm. sheep. Um, it's we we have like i i was raised to not even think about this whatsoever you know and i'm not judging anybody either i'm just sharing what i've learned and realized that's that's what i love with you that you don't judge anyone because of his or her choices yeah i'm passionate about this but i don't want to judge because most people and including myself don't know Uh, i definitely think that's why jesus said forgive them for they don't know what they do Mm. And there's areas in my life I've messed up and inflicted hurt or harm or pain or emotional pain, especially like my, my partners, you know, who I'm typically closest to. Mm. And we have the most emotional, a lot of, most relationships have a certain degrees of emotional disconnection or emotional arguing, mm. hurt, pain or trauma or fighting with each other, you know? Yeah. So I'm definitely not perfect. Um, I don't pretend to be, and I, I'm not here to judge anybody. <laughs> but I do find it sweet to, to know what love is for me, at least for me, and to live by it more because it makes me feel extremely happy to love. It's a good feeling to, like, this is why you're making these, these videos, because you care. You want to build and nurture. You're not trying to hurt yeah. anyone else or break their stuff. Yeah, you're not. Tr- yeah, for, so, for se- so separating families, separating children from parents, and overly milking because milking they say could be as tiring or more tiring as giving as growing a baby all the breast milk which is usually taken extensively too yeah it's just the energy of or the frequency of or vibration of exploitation and using something as a thing to be used at their total loss but you're a total advantage yeah mm-hmm. that obviously that is not size but loving it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hurtful, it's painful. Like it's, it's an energy that's um, corrupt to a certain degree. There's you know? something else what came to my mind while you were talking is one month before we met actually in Ireland, uh, I was also in the United States and I lived together for a couple of days with someone who was vegetarian. And I asked him, why are you doing this? And he said, it's because of the energy what was mm. going on before this animal died yeah this fear this panic before it was killed i'm eating that too if i eat that meat and i don't want that that was something what stuck in my mind since then that oh, yeah. and 
it doesn't matter if it, I mean, there's some farmers who really do it in a very gentle way. I don't know if you can kill someone in a gentle way or some yeah. being in a gentle way, but they are doing it that they're shooting it, the, the cow, for instance, on the meadow, on their own meadow, and they're just... But at the end of the day, they are still in fear, these, these animals, because they know when there is a big bang, then one of them will die. Yeah, you see a family, it's like you, like if, if bigger or more advanced technological aliens like decide to enslave you, like I forgot to use the word slavery, it's enslaving and exploiting and using another species, another living being, etc. you know? So like you wouldn't be, if somebody was, took you and kept you to only live in a town or not a field, but we'll just make it bigger and make it a town and you could never leave, you wouldn't like that. Especially if you had to give them a whole lot of your stuff, like your milk or even just like, Males are typically killed, um, baby boys, because they don't produce milk. So, yeah, like if your mother was like killed or impregnated every year, or your daughter, or my, like if anyone's like mother or daughter was, or if you are a female now listening, or if I was a female, none of us would agree to this whole idea that like we or our brother or sister or mum or dad or child would be killed. And <laughs> um, what's the word that you say? Like, um, like integrally or like killed ethically or something or nicely like it's never a nice way to be killed and you're you're one shot at this lifetime be taken away prematurely just because mm -hmm. you want something from them and it's not even necessary in my opinion unless you're starving in the wild but yeah i mean there's only one way where i would say that it is ethically okay for me is when someone wants to eat meat then he should kill it by himself yeah. Because most of the people wouldn't do that. And 100%. I experienced that when I was in Uganda. There was mm. a, just, just a short story. Um, I woke up one morning. I was living with my wife there for seven months. Actually, we met to her there in Uganda. Ah, my cool. wife is from Uganda. Ah, and, beautiful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I woke up and there was a girl, like 14-year-old, standing in our door holding a chicken in her hand, which was still alive, kept yeah. together. She hold it with the wings so it can't fly away. And I told my wife, look, there's a girl standing there with a chicken. Do you know who she is? Yeah, I invited my sister. She said she should bring something, what she wants to eat for this evening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how they do it in Uganda and they buy it at the market when the chicken is still alive, they torture it on the way home because <laughs> they, the chicken is still alive. Sometimes they are hanging upside down from the motorbike, yeah. still alive. And yeah. at the end in the evening or at midday, this 14 year old girl came with a big knife, cut the throat and cooked the chicken. Yeah. And it I saw everything that, and I didn't want to eat the chicken anymore. Ah, uh, yeah. And that is why I, I say, saying. if you want to eat meat, then please kill it by yourself. Yeah, I and hear what you're see saying. If you still want to eat it, hundred percent. And like, I like the way you share that story because it just the whole word. This is a revolving around is connection. Even the word meat is a dissociative, disconnect of hiding word. It's actually decaying animal muscle or or animal organ. It's all rotting. It's in the process of putrefaction. 
often they use like chemicals to make it still colorful red, but really if you don't use any colorful red stuff and chemicals that are bad for you. Mm. A lot of the meat in the shops will be like brownishy and smellier. So Sorry. it's a bit like hiring a hitman. Like what's better to have someone kill somebody else by hiring a hitman or is it better for us to do it? Like mm. either way, it's not ethical to kill, but it's not nice to kill and there's pain and suffering and there's obviously no one agreed that killing another human is fine as long as like, or killing another pet. Like there's a lot of discrepancies with the whole idea. Like it's okay to kill. You can, you can kill animals and kill a lot of them, but you can't touch a dog or a cat of your neighbor or your, or it's, or you would never touch your own cat or dog. So I mean, we are conditioned in our society, in the Western civilization, to love cats yeah. and dogs. In in China, they eat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's so, just our conditioning. Yeah, what animal should we love and what animal are we allowed to eat? Yeah. I made a video once because I have a YouTube channel and this video or this topic would be called Who is Deserving of Love? So is it only people we spend time with who deserve love or have a right to life? Is it only cats, pets and horses or animals that we live with? that have a right to life and that deserve care and protection and love. It doesn't matter if we don't see them or they live somewhere else in a different place. Who cares about them, you know? So where, where, is, our, like, where is it all lining up rationally or reasonably or logically? Um, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, let's say this way, I don't want to go too deep in this topic because I wanted yeah. a little bit more uplifting topics. And yeah, I know it's a little bit, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a bit like talking about what's going on in the world at the moment in terms of the children. It's a bit of a but sad I'm, thing. I'm still, I'm still glad that we talked about it because it's definitely something what people should be aware of when they're having food on their plate or what they call food. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever it is, what is on your plate, you contemplate on what you are actually eating here. And most of us, we don't even know what we are eating because there's a lot of shenanigans going on in the food industry. <laughs> And it's sometimes not even this in the food what is written on the package. <laughs> True. Yeah. But yeah, actually, Because you just heard the words through, I remembered a uh, um, fellow podcaster of me has a podcast called The Awakening Podcast. <laughs> And he always says in the beginning, we are not telling a conspiracy theories. We are telling facts and truth and truth. And we are not inviting whistleblowers. We are writing truth tellers. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that much more. I definitely, that's nice. <laughs> I once didn't know what a whistleblower was. It's just somebody who was in an industry and then they left or they were fired because, and then they told the truth. Yeah. That type of stuff. So they know all about the, the secrets and the dark secrets. So that's what a whistleblower is. Yeah. Definitely. Truth. Yeah. truth will set you free, you know? Yeah. The truth will set you free. Well, even okay. though it's a sad subject because like there is pedophilia going on in the world tremendously mm. and corrupt places like massively including maybe deep underground tunnels too it's a sad topic but would we rather it's the same way as like animal massacre or like there's sadness like i don't want to use too strong words but something that's sad the truth is a high vibration mm. so and we want it with love and compassion we're not trying to judge like like forget 
like like I said, like I hurt things. I've hurt people. Like I've done things that I didn't know. And it's only gradually as I become more aware and aligned and the truth is crystallized deeper within me that I remember and feel it. That's when I be more consistent. And that's the way I am more these days with the whole idea or topic of veganism or animalism. I'm like, I saw it's more crystallized in terms of human because like, like I said, like, I guess it's an overall vibration. Like, um, it encompasses it's but yeah it's about knowledge it's about memory memory it's good i know it's a bit of a heavy it can be feel feel heavy and we have to ask ourselves like why does it feel heavy does it resonate with me that like I, do my actions resonate or like it's okay we don't have to judge ourselves but it's good to reflect and mm. consider and ponder you know okay let's say let's say this way i actually dive also sometimes very deep in such topics what you call yeah the truth i mean who knows what is the truth i mean that is the next question but uh i did it actually in the last six months very intensively and um i just think that connects nicely with what you told me up front uh, the, before the interview about waking up um I was yeah. woke already. That's what I thought. <laughs> But the Me last too. six months, it was really like a wake-up call. What happened in this world? That I yeah, something doesn't really. Uh, how do you say? Yeah, it, there seemed something wrong with the official narrative. But what I wanted to ask you is actually, you you told me that you wanted to talk about the topic. What is waking up yeah. and why is it important? Yeah, and how it's different or comes in different forms for different people, different forms of waking up. So you yeah, mean, this, mean is, this kind of waking up, what I was just talking about or something else? There's different types of waking up in my opinion, or at least you could call it that, you know. Mm. Um, so for me, for example, I used to say I started my awakening around 14 years ago when I was 24. I'm now 38 years young. Mm. <laughs> But, Congratulations. Um, I uh, thank my same with my mom she started at the same time and both of us had ill health and exhaustion at that time and now all this time later like she, we're very close me and my mom and all this time later she's in her best most vibrant energetic health and so am I like we do things at the same time you know <laughs> but waking up for me back then was waking out of the, 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 the automatic thoughts the constant repetitive mental chatter and focusing and thinking about the past and the future, the past and sadness, shame, guilt, regret, judgment, something wrong happened, look at me now. And then there's like thinking about the future, like, oh no, like I'm never gonna have a girlfriend or like this is never gonna work out or just like, just 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 anxiety or, or like, like apprehension or like fear. And so that was that form of waking up because like, like that Eckhart Tolle helped teach me about this. So I started practicing mindfulness every single day for like a long time, like basically on and off all day long. It was like pretty extensive. Um, so that was like a form of meditation. You know, I was in a bit of a meditative, mindful, very slow, methodical mode. Mm. And I was, all, I was always observing my, my mind and my thoughts. So I realized where, where nearly all of my suffering was coming from. It wasn't coming from right here, right now in the present moment. It was coming from my interpretation of anything that may be happening right now viewed with a negative viewpoint combined with two extensive neg like 
thinking about the past and the future in more of an the way that I described a minute ago, which caused me massive emotional suffering and mental turbulence and affected my frequency and energy and vibration enormously. So when I started practicing this, I totally transformed rapidly. And within a few weeks, even two months, I, I, I said to myself, wow, I'm totally different. I'll never be the same ever again. And I'll never be depressed ever again in my life. Because like I was in a, a really bad physical state, but a really, really bad emotional state too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I suffered tremendously. So like Eckhart Tolle says, like, People don't wake up from an average dream that's remotely pleasant or average. They wake up from a nightmare. So like I was in a bit, like I was a very low state um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, I did have an awful lot of baggage from my childhood too, which obviously like um, a lot of trauma and suffering from my childhood, which obviously was part of, part of um, my energy and where I was in life at that moment. I, I, so, I tell you, I was actually reading uh, the introduction of your second book, and I got a little bit glimpse into your childhood because you were writing uh, about your father and your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I had a lot of issues with my father, you know, like he was abusive and abusive to everyone in the house, uh, verbally, and had us all scared and some of us stuttering. And yeah, he, he was a scary, scary type of scaring man. Um, mm. yeah, he's, yeah, he passed on. Yeah. He said like, sorry, in spirit world, speaking to mediums and, yeah, I just, I don't have any bad feelings towards them. Just, we all do what we can. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, um, I guess just to answer your question, awakening, I saw another part of awakening. So that was my transformative awakening. It was the biggest shift ever by a long shot. It was massive. But then there's also emotional maturity where you're learning more about emotions, communication. Um, there are a lot of things to learn in life, as we all know. Like, it's a huge thing being alive as a human. I feel we come here as a divine spirit. We choose our parents, our society, our land, our community, our neighbor. Well, we choose where we know we're going to be born. We, we choose our country. And as basically we're choosing a blueprint or a plan for our life in many ways. And I do believe we have soul agreements as well. And big, big, massive things that happen. Big, massive people or big, massive maybe changes or losses or tragic events that, that have a massive impact on our life and, and shift the course or shift us of our life you know so another part of awakening is learning information like um awakening to the truth so so some of us um we might awaken to the idea like doctors there's an awful lot of corruption in the big pharma in in, in the governments um chemicals are bad for us we don't need the, the drugs as much as we need natural diet lifestyle and herbs etc 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 nature's <laughs> elements and all that so that can be a form of waking up um but we can still also be identified in our ego where we wake up. We have information for me isn't really waking up. It's more like it can be part of our ego and our identity. And it can be a form of division like me against you. You're different than me. We're fighting and, or like we're at heads and fighting with each other type of idea. I'm sorry to you. I'm better than you. Like I'm, I'm judging you like all of that. You can do with that with any information, but when we do more heart awakening and mind freeing or awakening like i kind of described a minute ago that's a very it's a very deep form of awakening but i do feel awakening comes like different ways for different people like we can have different losses or so my one of my biggest points is and i mean this from my heart is we, we're not i'm not here to judge anyone how or when they awake it's okay if someone like knows all of that stuff like like the truth or conspiracy theories etc just call it the truth you know it's okay and we all serve a different role like you know some people we all have different paths we all do different practices some people might meditate some people might not meditate 
there's loads of things we can do holistically to change our energy or vibration. It's okay. Like some people like knitting, some people like swimming in the sea. So I like sunbathing and running, but I'm not a sea person. But some of my closest friends are that are they like to see more. It's okay. Like I just want to enlighten. I want to lighten our spirits, you know, by saying it's okay. Like we don't have to be all the same. We don't have to judge each other. And we all wake up at the perfect time if it's meant for us in this lifetime. And we don't have to try and force or like pressurize our family members or our friends or neighbors to see our point of view, you know? I just want to help people to be lighted in lighter, you know, in lighter frame of heart. It's all about the heart, really. Love is the answer. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Love is the answer. I can see you like that, Mark. Love is the answer, not so, Liam. <laughs> mm. I love it when my boys are laughing too. Ah, that's beautiful. Me too, man. Me too. It's nice uh, to be there with you, little daddy. Let me, let me say something about that, what I experienced the last days. I'm, I'm connecting so much with a lot of people whom I friended on Facebook and through different kinds of directions. I Sometimes I don't even know anymore <laughs> where I met them and how I met them. But this yeah. one woman, I think we have the same, yeah, it's about our mentor, Brandy Richway, with whom I'm in contact since 2014. And I joined one of his programs in 2014. That's how my journey started too of the conscious creation I would say and she is uh, interested in these topics too and we connected because I was talking in one of my videos about homeschooling and she is actually from South Africa and she has a school by herself she's, she's not homeschooling but she founded a school by herself and it's actually for children with special needs and I don't want to label my son with anything. Yeah. But I see that he's quite a bit different than my other two kids. Sure. And I started through this conversation with her. We had also a long, uh, long uh, video chat a couple of days ago. And my son was looking into the camera and connecting with her. And I started to understand him that, mm. yeah, he, he needs somehow something in between him and the person, something in between, and that's usually a cell phone because he loves to play these video games and so on. But I realized that the reason why he's taking videos from each and everyone and everything is because he feels more safe this way. This barrier, okay. this protection in front of him. Hmm. Don't even know how I got this topic now. I guess it's because my son was yeah. laughing, laughing now beside me. And so you had an insight into how this, your son works. Yeah. Or this, what feels good to him. I mean, yeah. definitely the word autistic fell too in this conversation. And that's why I said, I don't want to label my son with that. Yeah. But yeah, he has tendencies of kids who are similar like that. And yeah. 
but she said also this woman that I uh, that he is really blessed to have a father like me who tries to understand him and and really gives him the love he needs no matter oh, that's beautiful and happy to hear that Atma. beautiful as i said i don't want to label him i just say that he's special like we're all special yeah we're all unique yeah we're all unique. i can see why you mentioned it and everyone and each of us has his or her qualities and talents and unique yeah. abilities so why label anyone with something or like know someone know. with something definitely Akmar. i love the way i really just warms my heart to hear that this this story okay and even adults like who are normal exhibit can exhibit very dysfunctional or peculiar or odd or unnatural or unhealthy we could use many descriptive words to describe them and children are like children exhibit an awful lot of higher self qualities divine beautiful qualities open curious engaging interactive mm -hmm. not overthinking but feeling and living in the moment follow like joy and expressing themselves authentically and and vulnerably and openly you know crying in front of you like allowing themselves to feel angry you know i know they're not like fully developed but human adult humans have a lot of development still so yeah I know. Just want to say, like, children are amazing, and mm. often the adults who are judging other adults or other children, they have a lot of, they have a lot of them. Um, they could, they, they, they could, they could learn a lot from the children. Is what I was going to say too, and be, they could learn humility too, instead of thinking they know everything better than the children. Because I, I, have learned massively and grown and expanded from having children in my life, including mm. some who may not be exactly on the totally stereotypical considered normal or sort of range potentially you know absolutely i mean the point where it started to where i didn't like it anymore when uh he was in kindergarten now and in 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 march we had this lockdown march and april here in austria too and the kids couldn't go to kindergarten anymore and i would say for us it was definitely a blessing because I didn't enjoy this experience with this kindergarten. And I said, if I am so stressed already with them, with these people there who are leading this kindergarten, and yeah. I said, I am stressed already, and I understand this world maybe a little bit better than, than my son. And how must he feel actually in this situation? And they're all the time trying to tell me that there is something wrong with him and that he has a delay with his speech development. And yeah, I said, I see where you're coming from and I see what you want to tell me, but I don't want that he gets the feeling that something is wrong with him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I decided not to bring him back to kindergarten when they opened in May again, which was definitely, I mean, it yeah. was a combination of different decisions. It was, first of all, I didn't want to, how David Icke says, acquiesce <laughs> to this mask insanity because I didn't understand yeah. why people have to wear masks. The adults have to wear masks, but the kids not. So yeah. This doesn't make any sense. The kids are interacting and exchanging all kinds of whatever they want to exchange there in kindergarten. And the parents have to come and wear a mask. 
doesn't make any sure sense. Thing. I yeah, said, okay, I feel... that was the, the, the trigger actually, what triggered my decision. But the other things was also that's what I just told you, that they wanted to put my son into a special yeah. program or something like this. They even wanted to hire someone that this woman is taking care of him, especially. Mm. I feel you, Atmar. I feel no you. Way. Similar and experience on my end also. That's, yeah. that's how I got also into this topic with homeschooling because I tried to figure out how can I continue from here on now. And it's definitely yeah. a little bit of a challenge because now my wife is taking care of the kids and that causes yeah. a little bit tension at home. But I think yeah. I speak for many people now when I'm telling this story because a lot of parents are facing the same challenges now, I think. Around 100%. the world, we have these insane lockdowns and these insane yeah. rules. And who knows where it will lead us. But what is important is this, what we just talked before, waking up mm. the truth. What, but I'm talking about the real truth, not what is presented on us on the official nar narrative and the, ah, yeah. the official story. And I know I it heard. best. Sorry that I that I talk so much now, but I know it best. I work for a TV station for the Austrian Broadcasting Corporation, and I have no fear anymore to say it out loud for whom I work. I'm just yeah. a technician, and I couldn't work there as a content provider because I couldn't lie so much to the people as these content providers are lying. Wow. I... Definitely, I still have even a slight problem with it that I'm also contributing to these lies by being a technician. And I yeah. definitely have a I choice to end all this, but at the moment it seems to be more beneficial for me to keep this yeah. job so that I can provide for my family. But that's why I know how much lies they put out there. And also this all this kind of fear-mongering and I... I could go on and yeah. on for hours to talk about this, but yeah. what is my intention? And I, I don't make this as a topic for my podcast, but my intention is also to give people uh, also something like a trigger to wake up and to mm. question things and not to <laughs> accept everything what they see on TV as the truth. And to use common sense, first of all, what I just said about the masks when I see in kindergarten. It doesn't even feel right. And it's just the invisible enemy. And yeah, it's just like there's so much we could talk about on that, you know, like um, you may have talked a lot about that already in previous um, guests. Not really. Yeah. As I said, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because there's so much information sure. out there already. I, I want actually to talk more about the solutions. What can we do? to live in freedom as as we started the podcast episode here. oh yeah <laughs> and to live yeah to choose, yeah, sure. our, to choose what can we do to choose uh, a self uh, well, a life that we that mm -hmm. we can create by ourselves what is yeah. your, your point of view on this in terms of freedom yeah well I know, I know when I said that I wasn't thinking in terms of like freedom in today's world, it was more like 
inner freedom regardless of what's happening in the world <laughs> which I, I talked about at the beginning but yeah no but but what right. i'm saying is i'm coming back to this mask topic there's no chance to to avoid it nowadays <laughs> but when i talk about freedom is also that i say i choose not to wear a mask i choose not to wear a mask yeah and apparently yeah. Mate, yeah. i'm doing that I, i'm not going very often to the shops because i don't enjoy it and luckily my wife is doing that <laughs> lately very often but she's not yeah. enjoying it either to wear a mask i go to the shops all the time bro like i go to the shop every day maybe two or three or four shops like i'm a, i'm a big shopper i just actually sorry i'm actually a minimalist by nature i have very few possessions in general but i happen to go shopping for fruit or food mm. <laughs> on a regular almost daily basis because i just like that and i'm happy to do that but so I'm always going to shops and I just never wear a mask. And at the beginning, I was a bit more uncomfortable. These days, I'm totally accustomed to it. Mm. Like, for the way I feel is it's my, I don't exactly think it's like, it's my shop. But it's like, it's my shop. It's my world. It's my life. Like, I'm allowed to be here if I want. I can do what I want to do with integrity. I, I, I decided no. if someone would ask me to wear a mask and would insist on that, I would just leave the shop. But so far, nobody asked me. Well, actually, one time somebody asked me, but they didn't enforce it or somehow because they have no, they are not the police and authorities. They can't enforce it. I just and said, okay, thank you for reminding me. Uh, yeah. I have what I wanted to buy. Have a nice day. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to ask yourself, like, what is the police anyway? I think that one of the massive forms of empowerment and spirituality is thinking or feeling or believing that someone is superior to you it's a bit like ordinary school there's an awful lot of indoctrination and lies and like just they're building a soul they're building a good citizen or a community like a soldier or something we it doesn't so okay so my point is we, we're afraid of the teacher we're afraid of the school headmaster or the, the you mm. know it's all about signing away our power as if we're subordinate or beneath somebody we're not a big powerful massive divine being and a beautiful human being you know like so for me i walk in my power unless I'm feeling like really shitty that day and i happen to feel like just very tired or emotionally upset on those, on some of those days, I just don't want any particular attention. But I still, in that, in those days, I'd probably just try and minimise shopping. But so far, I haven't worn a mask into, into a shop. I've gone into shops loads of times in the last few months. Maybe approximately six or seven times I've been asked for a mask. I just say I'm exempt. I don't even bother saying I'm medically exempt because I'm not going to give my authorization mm -hmm. to the medical community. You know, mm -hmm. I know who I am. I live by my love and honesty and integrity and truth. Mm. I respect other people, but I'm not going around hurting anyone. Listen, we know ourselves, masks, masks are bad for our health. People have mm. died from collapsing or funking out while driving, wearing masks or whatever, whatever the case may be. It's just a form of slavery. It's not about controlling the virus, it's about controlling the people. Mm. And it's about them trying to make an, have an agenda appear, but I don't, I'm not buying into their story. Like I say to some other people, I'm not going to get into the mind of a psychopath and think or believe their dream. I'm going to envision my dream as a creator and I'm going to put my focus and energy there, play my part, keep my vibration as healthy and high as possible in general, and um, take some actions that happen to be down my lane. You know, there's, there's, there's tons and tons and tons of 
like whatever word you want to use to describe them, awakened people, light workers, or else as people on the sides of good, whatever you want to call it, like in every profession, police, um, dentists, doctors, your neighbors, they're just, just good and bad in every lawyers, um, people in, 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 um, in power, like there's people in power and in, in high positions and in, in the governments who are good and bad, you know? Mm. So like, there's a bit of a battle, so to speak, of light and dark at the moment. And we all do what we're able to do. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not like a politician. But I'll let those lawyers and politicians make up laws against the people creating criminal laws. Make, I'll, I'll let the people do the legal stuff because that's not my forte. I'll do my thing that I'm good at. And you do your thing. You're like, mm. look at you. <laughs> and everyone listening now, we're learning we're doing our thing. So that's what we do to contribute and to play a part in the mass awakening and mass increase of consciousness. And the way I see it is now, this is a bit like a birth of a new planet and during or before birth, there's birth pains or maybe contractions or maybe discomfort. So usually before we wake up, the dream has to become a bit more nightmarish. So we, we have done and are going through the certain nightmarish place on earth. And I do feel, I do believe it's going to be the beginning of a new age. It's just going to take a bit of time. There's going to be a bit of turbulence, but we're going to give birth in, in the next, like right now we're having some contractions. We're going to give birth in the next one, two, three, four, five years. Yeah. Probably more like three to five years, but, but I don't know. It could be sooner. Um, as we globally raise our consciousness, because that's what it's about the age of Aquarius. I feel like as, as more and more of us individually do the work and, and, and allow ourselves to have our consciousness increase. Um, it affects the whole consciousness of the entire planet, you know, and I hear we've gone too far forward now and there's no going back and we will ascend, as some people say, into four and five D energies and I, virtues. I, I love that, that perspective, uh, this metaphor of giving birth. Yeah. That really, I, yeah. I, I got goosebumps now when you were talking about it. It was. Yeah. Really. I'm excited this, to talk about it. You know? It gives me, yeah, this kind of energy, what we need, that, yeah. yeah. Giving birth is, 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 yeah, every woman can talk about this, who gave birth, and <laughs> that it's a painful process. But it doesn't really have to be, I think I, I mean, I, I never talked with a woman about this who gave really natural birth. But I saw videos on YouTube, from women talking about that and I realized that this is also a thing what is told to us by the medical industry that it has to be painful but yeah. the natural way is maybe also painful but maybe also a little bit more yeah I don't know how to say it it's the natural way there's less resistant it seems to be less resistant natural way of giving birth yeah you know my wife is actually and we're doing two months to do it in a natural environment that's what i wanted to say you know? yeah seems to actually, be much less resistance yeah my wife is pregnant and we're due in two months um and we'll be having a home birth um okay so since we're on the topic you know so um, yeah, I know it's it can be also a very intimate topic for each and every woman, but yeah. if there's any way that 
you are or she wants to share the experience then i would be very interested to hear mm -hmm. about that how how it went if it's yeah if you want to keep it for yourself Master. it's okay with me too yeah I'll, i'll say to her i'll pass it on for sure yeah see how she feels about that she's very much into children and um yeah everything revolving children and women and births like yeah she, she I, likes these topics i just remembered because i just for my listeners they might know it to, uh, for the listeners who listen to many episodes might know it already that i made a, a course uh with london real broadcast yourself and actually there were about 100 more than 100 people on this course so i have a lot of fellow podcasters and i just remembered one woman she uh, lives in costa rica too and she gave birth to five children wow and she is actually talking in her podcast about that topic oh that'll be a good one yeah <laughs> lots of experience yeah we've been so, watching some videos yeah she's really also in this kind of natural way yeah yeah and that It's is more actually natural. that is actually what I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm more and more, I want to go back to the roots where we came mm. from. I don't say that I want to get rid of all the nice things around us because if we wouldn't have this technology, we couldn't even make this interview. Yeah, But exactly. Yeah. As I, as the guest in my last interview said, The digital world can be beneficial to us, but it should be a surplus yeah. to our real life. It shouldn't replace our real life. Yeah, yeah. precisely. It's about balance, harmony, or maybe integration, kind of balance and harmony is the end result, probably. Because the, the benefit, what I see, I can connect with people around the world, no matter where they are. I couldn't connect with you so easily if you were in Ireland now and I am in Austria. Yeah. That is definitely a benefit and we don't have these this restrictions, these spatial restrictions that we can't connect because we are in different places. But at yeah, the same yeah. time, I go out every morning for a walk. You actually told it to me too. That is something what, what gives you energy. That you go out in nature regularly. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, huge. It's a huge part and of that. I connect it. with. I don't know how to say it with this reality, with this nature, with this abundance what surrounds me, not with these bits and bytes what are flowing over my screen here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, definitely when I when I see your picture there on my screen. <laughs> then I don't say I see the picture on my screen. I envision this Owen Fox whom I knew when I was there in, 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 in Ireland. I envision you sitting there in this room and not the picture here on my screen. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I and like that. Yeah. That's, that's actually a nice way. Yeah. I like that. really a connection between two souls. Yeah. 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 And the, 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 the technology is just a, yeah, a tool to connect us. Yeah. 
tool, yeah. But it's not more and no more, not less for me than just a tool. I mean, some people might even say, in the future, we might not even need this tool anymore. When we really awaken to our abilities that we connect, could connect yeah. without such tools. Sure, our consciousness, yeah, I know. I hear, I heard that before, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. I had such experiences in my life and it was long time before the internet existed and a long time before I knew what was a computer. Uh, and it was also somehow technology involved because I remember that I was thinking of someone and this person called me on the phone in this moment. Yeah, exactly. That type of stuff. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Energy. Yeah. Telepathy but, and long but, distance. I mean, I realize now that I reminded myself, I realize I should focus maybe more on that. Mm -hmm. Because I tend sometimes to forget those experiences. And that I am actually also able to do it, to connect with other beings, not only human beings, even if they're far away from me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a nice thing to practice. Like it's something we can all practice, like our psychic abilities, etc. In the summertime when the weather is fine, reach on up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great introduction <laughs> for the next part of our interview. Uh, so we were talking about psychic abilities of human beings and I wonder actually because that is also about relationships and you were telling me that relationships you think that is a part of mm -hmm. your spiritual growth and healing and that it's essential for yeah, to grow. Our yeah, and our relationships tend to be to tend to offer the most growth um, potential um, because it's, it's you know ha having a loss is one thing, and I've had massive health loss in my life, and I've had some had some trauma in my past, of course. But when we're awakening already, relationships are our grounds to practice. It's where we can see everything happening. It's the, it's interactive. Whereas if we just like simply lose our job or if we would ever lose our health or we, like there's all forms of losses that are incredible opportunities. Like they're transformative. They can be so sad, like, all sorts of emotions entailed. But the point I want to make is most, a lot of us are in relationships and, or we want to be in a relationship if we're not in a relationship. But when we are in a relationship, it, oft, it depends on the people, but it can be much more challenging. Like mine have always been very challenging, to be honest. And I just think it's because it's me and my partners have had a lot of trauma. So we're unraveling mm. and undoing. So there's a lovely way, like we can say, like when we, one of the things that I like to say in my videos, okay, I want to I share it is, I don't know, it's been a very transformative, like transformative and challenging last like many, many years in my relationships. And I can see how as I've evolved, I can look back and see the lessons or the mistakes or like the things that did work and the things that didn't work. But basically speaking, 
with with somebody else there they they do stuff that we don't like sometimes or a lot depends on the, you know and then we get upset but what they do is they really they, they trigger our emotions so so what i want to say is like um part like i said in the writing part um learning about our triggers and our shadow work our pain body all of this thing is a huge part of what i do in life so it's like it's like the way to see the sun you got to take away the clouds so there's nothing obscuring the sun it's mm. like a bit like our higher self our divine self we have a lot of clouds obscuring our light shining out this this is what i this is kind of what i mean about earlier on like to get to that place where you feel really good or confident and well and like strong and powerful like in an empowered state of higher frequency hmm. in any moment because our frequencies alter some high or low etc um the, you have to do self-healing and self-reflection and some people call it self-work and um, you have to practice self-care and self-love you've got to learn what self-love is and self-care is and you've got to be able to realize where your emotions like where you're not succeeding so to speak not that it's a success failure type of like judgment or analysis but where it's not really working out idealistically etc so we've got to like survey or analyze our life not just only mentally but definitely heart-centeredly like for definitely like like i said earlier like love is the answer and being on our heart is where we have the most power for example if someone like let's say steps on your toe or like stops like cuts you off in traffic or whatever the case may be or if somebody dumps us like somebody rejects us or someone mm. raises their voice to us people respond differently so it's more like someone with with a, a trauma or an unhealed wound related to this event um, or it could be a similar event like so um for example if someone this is called like a trigger um, and this is what's called shadow work is we find out with the root of our emotions so what we typically do in a, in a certain stage of our emotional maturity or emotional development is we just simply blame everything all, we blame all of our emotions on the person closest to us in life or somebody around us. It could be, it could be almost anybody. It even, some people go, we, we can even go as far as blaming our pets. Like this is something that I've seen with myself. Yeah. So like it, it even goes to simply, as simple as if we don't get enough good enough sleep and we're tired and cranky or grumpy the next day, or if we overwork or we have really late nights consecutively, or we don't get enough, yeah, I already said we don't get enough sleep. And let's say, we overdo anything or we underdo nutrition we overeat we eat too late there's a million things or we have our, our menstrual our, our our monthly cleansing body healing moment called menstruation and mm. um, when we're removing toxins or doing a detox plan when toxins are being eliminated any of these things i just said it can make our physical body not well and then we're emotionally not well and crabby or like emotionally irritable and then what we usually do is we find a way to like somehow somebody leaves the door open and doesn't wash the dishes. And then suddenly we're already in a bad mood. Like this. And we're like, you like, you know, we blame the other people. It could be anything like, mm. so they don't do what we perfectly want. And often we may not even ask them or communicate them to do what we want, but because we're already feeling poor either physically or combined with the or it could be even just not feeling poor physically because we can be feeling good physically but also then have emotional unresolved wounds from our past and trauma but it's even made worse and trickier if we have the physical discomfort and like absence of wellness and energy in our body too um, and it reminds us of like babies you know like often if a baby's crying we say there there do, do you do you have some wind in your tummy or do you need to have a nap 
often like <laughs> adults are the same we should be maybe we should talk like yeah I was, that's I was true exploring the, yeah i was having fun exploring the idea with my friend like maybe that's what we should talk to each other not only just like children because i used to sometimes say we should talk to each other like children like to, to a certain degree sometimes maybe we should talk to each other like babies are you okay do you need a nap like it's kind of like a joke but you yeah. usually get very harsh at, a, at, a, at another person who is like you know, not the way we would perfectly love them to be, you know? Thank, thank you so much for the reminder. I was just yeah, thinking uh, about the relationship between me and my wife. And as I said, there was a lot of tension lately. Yeah. And maybe I was not aware of that, what you were just telling me, <laughs> that there is some unresolved things with her, maybe. For sure, man. If she, like, and you, you know, and me. Like, yeah, of course, all, I take responsibility all. too for that. For a relationship, yeah. there's at least two people involved. <laughs> yeah, it takes two to dance, you know, and most most problems are definitely two people. Occasionally, it's nearly, uh, nearly always two people. But on the, on the rare occasion, it's one person a lot, quite a lot more. But it doesn't matter who does it first. So don't just fall into the trap of thinking, oh, you started it, you're, you're the now this rare occasion, or you're, it's always you because you started it. Because that's mm. how I used to think. But it's also how we react to somebody who reacts first. So it doesn't matter who reacts first. If you react second, you're just playing the part. You're doing the dance. You're making the ball keep rolling. Mm. So I used, to play, I used to play the victim as if they started it. And I used to think I was righteous and I'd, I'd even maybe possibly, you know, I just, yeah, I did. I, I, I respond, I reacted in a negative way that didn't help the situation at all, you know? Um, but I used to think I was right and they were wrong because they started it. But now I understood they were messengers for, they were bringing up emotions. They were a messenger that activated this emotion within me, which was coming from my past. So they were messengers, mess enders, Messenger, mess enders, messengers. So they're helping to end the mess in me. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, good, it's a good one. A mess ender, a mess ender, messenger. Okay. So, like, let's say our partner rejects us. Like, for example, like I, I ended up for some reason like not kind of breaking up with a lot of the people who I dated in the past. Okay, but mm. a few years ago, somebody ended up ending the relationship with me. Okay, and I had high hopes for the relationship. So they triggered a very big amount of oh, emotions that were dormant in me from childhood, but still playing a significant effect in my life and my decisions. Mm. Definitely they were. So the, the plan is, so what I did, I realized thankfully then, and this is a very transformative part in my life that I was able to realize. I realize it now more, but I was able to realize to a degree then too, to a large degree. It wasn't, coming from them or what they did it was really what was coming up within me it's mm. separate it's different you know and um, so all i did was just i was for around two months i had very heavy emotions it was very unpleasant like it wasn't my usual happy or fun self i was coming down a bit like you can call it a bit depressed but it wasn't like a typical normal depression it was just like feelings and energy circulating and being released by me so I just, I didn't tell a big, I didn't like think like way excessively or like think myself into depression or anything. It was just energy being felt and I felt it and I accepted it and it moved through me. Mm. And then two months later, it just suddenly subsided by over a two day period. Like one day it was like half the emotional heaviness. And then the, next, the this following second day, it was like a 95 reduction in the total amount of heaviness. 
So it was much more back to normal, maybe 90 to 95% reduction. So I felt pretty good again. And I was able to laugh, be happy, have a bit of fun instead of like, so it, it brought up a whole lot of like sadness in me from childhood, from school, because up to the age of 18 I had, and up to the age of eight. So my dad was with me to the age of eight and that's when our family separated. And then from eight to 18, I was involved in school where I felt just like I did before, like when I was at home with my dad, I felt very insecure, vulnerable, alone, sort of raw, like lonely. I felt like not weak or tender, but just vulnerable and insecure. Like I felt like senseless or like I felt, I felt disempowered or I felt like some, it just didn't feel good. So these feelings were brought up when my ex-partner decided to not be in a relationship. So these type of things happen all the time in relationships where they trigger us. So part of emotional evolution and massively raising our vibration and consciousness is emotional healing or emotional maturity. And basically that means for me, if I could summarize it, it means I, I had to go through a process where I basically really eliminated and cut down on over a period of time, stopping to stopping wronging the other person or shaming them or blaming them. So I took responsibility for my emotions. And sometimes I might say, I'm not, not blaming you or this is, this is my emotion. I take responsibility for my emotions. This is just how I'm feeling. So it's not like an attacker or a blame game, which usually what relationships tend to be all about in, a, in the 3D energy fields, the 3D frequency. So um, the quotations that I really like to say to myself sometimes is um, I'm 100% responsible for my emotions and I'm 100% responsible for the quality of my experience or my, my life, my moment. So when we take the responsibility, give it back to us, we become empowered and we stop becoming at the mercy and the hands or the victim of somebody else. And that's when we can stop attacking and fighting and start to make a lot of progress. And in my own relationship, it's been very transformative. I made huge progress when I started stopping to do blaming, shaming or wronging and taking responsibility for my emotions and my experience. So nobody's perfect and it's a process like I've been under a process for a very long time it's been a process of a million lessons and for me relationships are definitely the trickiest because you're not just dealing with your own emotions you're dealing with other someone else's and yeah yeah you just said something what is also I think it's a very important point taking responsibility summer time when the weather is fine reach on up <laughs> okay yeah that's what i wanted to talk about enjoy, <laughs> enjoying life enjoying life i'm enjoying life yeah. together with you owen uh, thanks Otmar. me too me too bro <laughs> i'm so so grateful that you that you are such a cheerful person and uh, i know there were times in your life where you maybe had to find your your joy in life again. So yeah. how, do, how do you maintain this? Well, first I want to say is I'm not always cheerful. I'm the same as everybody else to a certain degree. You know, I'm human. So um, secondly, I want to say <clears throat> when, when I went through that period of very heavy emotions from my past coming up, there was no pretending or like bypassing the the just being down very overall very down just feeling really poorly each day for around two months you can't 
sometimes you can't pretend or trick yourself into feeling happy when really like authentic authenticity you're just feeling like shit and you just got to like admit that to yourself and, and be okay learn to be okay with that and to feel your emotions instead of trying to distract yourself with like let's say for example drugs or a whole it could be anything it could be like could be way too much sex or it could be like masturbating and watching porn loads or it could be mm. could be a habit that's just not that great for you but at the end of the day a part of real happiness and long long longer lasting consistency general happiness is about emotional maturity so you can't just like sort of in a way you can't just sort of over skip the stages of evolve evolution that lead to more consistent happiness so like i'm definitely easily the most happiest i've ever been but i'm not necessarily the most sort of cheerful or outwardly appearing happy i've ever been mm. so the message i'd like to give to anyone who's watching would be there are ways we can we can do to be happy and it's very important to do these things especially if we're in a relationship because we can get well, it's, in, it's easier when you're in, not in a relationship because you have all the free time to do whatever you want to do. Mm. When you're in a relationship, you have more ties and responsibilities as well as less time to yourself. So we can get sometimes lost in a relationship. We can lose ourselves, especially if another person is like, like overpowering, overbearing, or you just have a lot of arguments or disconnection or you just happen to spend all your time with them, which is imbalanced. So... um. So what I'm talking about now would be, for me lately in my life, um, it's about, because I did lose myself in my relationship. I, I went to a healer once and they said I felt, whoa, they were kind of like saying, wow, you, I can really feel like, you feel like smothered or buried, like, and, and I did, you know. Mm. But I went to the same healer today, funnily enough. And I'm not like that at the moment. So I had to go through a process in the last year or so of learning to, not just give, but to give to, to the other person, but to give to myself. I had also learned at the same time what it is that I, re, I like or, or need. I thought to learn about my needs as well as my wishes or likes or enjoyments in life. <clears throat> so what I'd suggest would be is to like figure out or find out what you like. It might be related to your past. It could be a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it could like, for just talk about myself, okay. These days, I like, I like to always move my body. I like to be in nature. I like to go for a run sometimes or even a cycle or a walk. I like to go out to the road where, where our kids play and sometimes go on the scooter. Or if someone has a skateboard, I might have a little tiny go of the skateboard. Or I might go on like a different kid's type of little thing, like just, just moving and playing, in, engaging in the, with the children a little bit in that regard. Sometimes, not every day by any stretch, not net, net, oh, any, every day. I mean, I like to play chess i have an app on my phone chess brings me i need mental stimulation and challenge it's something i just like it i enjoy it i like the puzzle for me life is the biggest puzzle and the biggest challenge and the biggest game but inside of that relationships are the hardest and biggest challenge and okay for me and for probably for most people like it takes a very high degree of mastery or consciousness to be really good at relationships you know, in my opinion, especially if it's if we have had a lot of trauma like I have or your partner has a lot of trauma um, or even a medium amount, there's an awful lot of, to, there's a tons to learn in a relationship and there's a million opportunities, tons of opportunities where they can 
trigger you and your cheerfulness gets offset. So, so finding out, encouraging your partner and learning what we like and encouraging them to do what they like and to be happy. It could be a hobby. It could be knitting. It could be running. It could be dancing. It could be swimming. It could be cycling. It could be rock climbing. It could be uh, nature walking. It could be canoeing. It, it could be, it could be um, doing arts and crafts or painting or drawing. It could be singing. I've probably already said that. Um, it could be, it could be just sort of going out and having a tea or a coffee or a hot chocolate and, or a chai latte in the, in the shop like once every day or two or something like that. Like we need to, we need to get away. We have many needs. Like, so my, let me, like, it's hard. So I'll, I'll talk about my needs. Okay. Like I need to move my body. I need to have spent, spend time with family and children. And like, I need to spend time with adults. I can't be just always with children and i don't think any mother or father can always be with children like mm. we, we also have, i i and most people have a need to potentially to create i have, to have an inspiration to create and to help others and um, if i didn't do that i wouldn't be fulfilled or satisfied or happily properly in life so it's not just about playing chess it's not just about moving my body it's a mixture of many things we have mental needs or spiritual or inspirational or creative or physical needs so if we, if we don't do the whole web of needs or wishes and things we find fun, happy, lighthearted and enjoyment, enjoying, like another thing I do, yeah, if we don't do all of them, we'll, be, we will, we'll have an overall lessening of our happiness and joy and cheerfulness in life. Someone's needs could, some extroverts have much more outward needs with, with meeting people and mingling or chatting or joking or, or just saying hello or, you know, I, I'm more of an, out, an, an extrovert. But I'm, I've balanced up throughout the years. I used to be much more extroverted and now I'm much more close to 50-50. But as an introvert, I need time to myself too. So introverts need much more time to themselves typically and they get renewed and enlivened with, with quietness and time to themselves. I get renewed and recharged with time to myself. But I get enlivened much, with much more with people. But too much people and interaction can be tiring and draining. So I need quiet time and, alone, and like space to, to, to recharge and to renew myself. Okay. Um, so anyone listening will, might find themselves as some of what I'm saying, and you have to figure out for yourself, what brings you happiness and joy. So some people could be writing a journal or a blog or poetry or playing music, learning an instrument. Um, it could be like decorating your home. Like I think the women in my life tend to be much more a home decorator. I'm more of a minimalist. And my partner loves like, make fun things from setups for the children i'm a bit more involved with adults like in terms of my, my my work or my passion or my purpose yeah her passion purpose etc will work will revolve around children more um yeah. i love children and i love to be with children and i admire and learn from children their beautiful qualities um but i also am heavily engaged with adults more so as well you know so i have this need to help and we all have to find out how can we help if we have I, the need or the wish to help. I remember that you have, you, when I met you, you were giving some kind of coaching. Uh, do you still do that? Yeah, I love it. I still do mm. that, but definitely, yeah, I do. I, I call it holistic life coaching. or Because or, you were just saying helping other people. And, yeah, I do relationship coaching. Relationship coaching is, the, is like the most challenging and it's most dynamic and you have to pay the most attention and really feel into the situation because it's very mm. tricky and you have to also try and understand both people's perceptions. Um, perspective to a certain degree and um, so i really love the biggest puzzle and challenge in life which is relationships i love to do that and help people in that regard 
It's very mm. tricky. You have to learn to listen, to give, to receive, and or to give and communicate. There's so much like So I do that. I do health coaching, holistic health coaching, holistic life coaching, body, mind, spirit, herbs, diet and lifestyle, cleansing, detoxing, all the sort mm. of stuff. I do a whole lot of that sort of stuff. So um, I love per- self-healing and personal empowerment. Like, that's, my, that's a big passion of mine, you know? Yeah. And I've made, over, I've made over a thousand, close to a thousand eight hundred videos now on YouTube in the last 10 years. Hmm. I've been pretty inspired. Even the, even the iridologist said she could see my iridology. You have a lot of inspiration and creativity, and that's one of your needs. And you have to, you know, it's important for you to do that. <laughs> as yeah. well as the healers, some of the healers are like, you know, you gotta be be happy, do things to you like. Um, yeah, I wanted to say for everyone who is who is listening now to this interview, um, I will be putting. Uh, the links in the description how you can reach out to to Owen and also I remember you are you have a shop even which is called Higher Self Herbs yeah, like just talking about about herbs too definitely yeah, recommend right. to take a look there yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so um, I love to befriend people I love to collaborate or work with people I love to I'm a very like amicable or like friendly person I like people I'm open to people. I welcome I guess, newcomers. My audience got uh, uh, definitely to see how, how, you, how you are. I mean, I don't find yeah. the words sometimes. It's not my native language, English. And so sometimes yeah, well, I'm looking for the words, but I think everyone incredible. understands what I mean. Big respect, Ofmar. Like I, I respect and admire and appreciate you speaking in a second language. I do speak a second language, Spanish, and mm. I self-taught myself Spanish and I self-taught myself some Japanese. But speaking another language is a whole new story. And for anyone living in a different non-native country and they're trying to communicate in someone else's language, massive respect and I mean, care. There's, honor for there's them, definitely you know? two challenges what I had to face. First of all, it's not my native language. I decided to do this podcast in English. And second, Incredible, honestly, man. I tell you, even though I'm working as a broadcast engineer, I always worked behind the scenes. And I was, the first time it was really a challenge to step in front of the camera and to be the host of a podcasting show. And, yeah. But I, the more I do I mean, it, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, that's sweet. I feel, I feel with you, bro, because I, I feel a great sense of happiness and satisfaction making, making YouTube videos. Mm. or even any video platform. It might be a shoot I'll be moving to because I think YouTube is censored a lot mm. and as Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So I feel your happiness. Form. We all need to be creative, even if it's creating. Like some people love gardening. Create something. Put your imprint on the world. And yeah. another, another way we can get very happy in life and be cheerful is spend time with people who you resonate with and like you and respect you and you respect and there's an even or a nice energy exchange. So that's very important because humans tend to be social creatures. So stay in touch with your family if you're abroad or even living in the same country. Stay in touch with certain family members if you resonate with any family members or friends or see a healer. Like I, even though I'm very on point about like my own self-growth and healing and advancement spiritually in life, I, I go to healers regularly, like here and there throughout the year to get top-ups, attunements, like, like, like bringing your car to get a checkup or like 
Mm. Sometimes we have blind spots that we can't see in relationships or in life. Things that we're doing that aren't working. You can call them mistakes if you want, but you know, and yeah, I do recommend healers an awful lot, you know? Yeah. Um, just it. And I love the sun. So if you have a favorite element or if you love nature, like that, these are ways. Anything yeah. you can do physically or diet and lifestyle, that'll all make you happier too because body, mind, spirit are truly connected as one. And if we, yeah. like I said earlier, if you don't get enough sleep or it's something's happening physically, you have a big headache or you have a big pain in your, in your body, you're going to be more grouchy and sad and unfriendly and grumpy and irritable. So yeah. looking after your physical avatar, your body is instrumental to happiness and joy and p- inner peace. Because when our body is irritated, we will be irritated emotionally. Yeah. So yeah. get in contact with, the na- with nature's elements, the sun, barefoot, swimming yeah. in the sea, lake, river, stream or ocean. Um, sunbathing and sun gazing potentially. Yeah. Exercising, yeah. deep breathing, just to breathe properly. Posture, posture is very important too. There's an mm. air nights is better, or at least if you don't have air nights, get enough sleep. But air nights is much more powerful than later nights. You optimally mm. align with nature and the sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess today we are not really practicing this with the late night, but ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's okay. It's not. A, it's not a strict rule. It's just a general overall. Um, <laughs> I I remembered a few things what I experienced the last days or a couple of weeks and it just fits perfectly into this what you just said and that's why I want to bring these stories the first thing is what I remembered is we went uh, to a friend who has a farm he's actually a co-worker too with whom I work together at the TV station um, and they have horses I have and his uh, girlfriend she is teaching kids horseback riding. I am. And of course it was for the kids, it was a great experience, but for me, it was also an awesome experience, even though I was not sitting on the horse, but I had the chance to connect with this horse on such a close, deep level. What I've never done before, I was always scared of these big, huge animals. (laughs) And yeah, I'm now a tall man, like one meter eighty tall, and I'm almost the same height like the horse. But still, I have this respect because I know this animal has a little bit more muscle power than me, and could kick the <laughs> shit out of me kick <laughs> if he wants, wants to. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. what I realized yeah, too on this day. Yeah. Yeah, Celine is, my girl is singing us a song too. <laughs> and I realized it's actually, the horse doesn't want to do that. Especially this one was a very calm horse. Yeah. It would do it basically, I guess, only how the riding teacher, she was explaining it, if the horse gets scared. Or if you oh. do something unconscious, I might get scared and, yeah. Kick you. And yeah. I was standing there quite nervous because I had to take care of the kids too. too. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, she went into the stable and she got something like a blanket or something like a saddle. <laughs> and then 
I was standing there. She said, okay, yeah, you take care of the kids. And she left me there alone with the kids and the horse. Wow. <laughs> and the horse was turning the head to me and looking into my eyes. Uh-huh. It was such an amazing experience to look into this animal's eyes. It's like, yeah, looking into his, uh, into her soul because it was a female horse. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. that was really, and I lost definitely this nervousness on this day. I really mm-hmm. connected with this animal. Yeah. It was really a really great experience. And the other thing is a couple of yeah. days ago, I went on a, not too high mountain, but I, I walked on a mountain again and I drank water from a creek which was flowing out of the directly oh, yeah. out of the mountain. It was spring water, definitely. Ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah, I love this. Beautiful. Yeah. It was also raining on this day. So, yeah, the water was really pure what I was drinking there. And I definitely will go back to this mountain and drink water again. Oh, wow. <laughs> I felt very happy in nature. Um, um, connecting with uh, the horse. Yeah, that's why two different stories with the mountain and the horse, but I brought it because you yeah. were talking before yeah. about going out in nature, connecting yeah. with nature. Big time, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. also ate wild herbs. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I was Which just was? standing there. It was nothing special. It was just dandelion. And what was the other thing? How is it called? They're growing plentiful there, these these purple flowers. And especially rabbits love them too. I don't know if you have them in Ireland too. It's clover. 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 I I call them red. (laughs) I I was just eating the flowers because they have a really interesting taste. Yeah, yeah, I was For making actually once a, a salad out of it of these flowers and done all it. <laughs> I have a playlist on my YouTube wall or my my um about wild wild greens foraging wild edible plants. Um, so I have all videos of. I would um, definitely rewatch this because I watched a few of your YouTube videos about wild herbs and. Yeah. I I have to say actually you are one of the people who inspired me to try to eat wild herbs because <laughs> I go, yeah. the reason why yeah. I think most of the people are scared is because they might mix up these herbs with something what could be potentially poisonous. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, And the same is with me. I, I was really scared in the beginning that I f- eat something what is not so beneficial for my health. Yeah. Know what you're doing first, definitely. And with Daniel Yannon, with Clover, it's quite easy going because you can identify this very easily. <laughs> but yeah. with other herbs, it's a little bit more tricky, maybe. And I mean, I found a bush too with this, I don't know if you have them in Ireland too, these blackberries. Yeah, yeah, we have it's them. called like something like also Belladonna or something in, 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 in Latin. Oh, I'm not too Definitely sure. Definitely very, very poisonous, this thing. I found this bush must... too on my walk. Oh, I think I know the way you're talking about, yeah. Probably, yeah. possibly hem, yeah. Possibly hemlock. Uh, they well, you used, know. They, I think they used it in the ancient times even to kill people. Hemlock, yeah, yeah, it's hemlock, yeah. 
Um, get, you know, getting back to what you said about looking the animal and the horse, you felt love and you felt connection. Connection is actually the word that I use to describe love in, in a very simple way. The, the most describing word, other word for love. So when we, do you know the way we feel connected to our children or maybe to our parents? We never want to hurt them or use them or exploit them or have anything bad happen to them. When you don't feel connected, you don't feel the love typically. So if you want to try and feel, if you want to feel more love, think about why you're not feeling more. everything. People, plants, animals, insects, and even more the earth and her elements, etc. Mm. Um, and for me, the word connection is an enormous, enormous part of happiness because mm. love is such a vibration. We all know it feels so good and happy, good to, to be loving, to feel love in our hearts and to express love. That's a mm. very feeling. And that's a huge part of being happy in life as well as all the other little like things as well. Um, and it also reminds me when you're telling me that story is usually when people are arguing or fighting and hurt and upset, we don't look at each other in the eyes. We just tend to talk and we're not looking at each other. Mm. And I still do that sometimes, actually, um, for sure, when, I'm, when we're both really upset. But something you reminded me of, like, because the last time myself, my partner argued um, and had some upsets, we weren't looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it seems to be easier to say something unloving if you don't look into someone's yeah. eyes. If we feel for the person or the being, we make connection emotional and care. We care more. Mm -hmm. Osmar, I'll just let you know, I will have to, I'll have to be going around six minutes. Yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to say it's a perfect moment to end this nice conversation because... I think we talked very long already yeah. and you might have realized that my son is getting impatient too already because he's playing games, hides the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure, man. Definitely sure. time to time to rest for all of us. Beautiful. Syn divine synchronistic perfect timing like we said before the before the before the video. Yeah before. Yeah. yeah so. Okay so thank you so much again and I definitely would uh, enjoy it if we can have another conversation. Yeah, me too. We've got so much to talk about, so much more to talk about. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me, Atmar, and I wish you and your family, um, your, your children and your partner slash wife um, yeah. and your viewers all the best. Um, loads of love to all of you, you know. Mm. It's all about the heart. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the invitation. Okay. See you. See you. Yeah.